your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by TheSwallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. You know, it, it's, it, is, it is in full transparency, 11.13 p.m., Saturday, October the 8th. So we are a little bit over 48 hours since the events that transpired inside Richardson Stadium in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, I, I since that time I have slept. I have put in a full day of work. I have ate several meals, slept some more, ran some errands, watched a lot of football today. Some good, some bad, and uh, I I can safely a hundred percent tell you that none of that has helped me figure out what in the double H E hockey stick uh, took place there Thursday night. Uh, as UCO not only won, not only dominated, you say t- took our rivals Northeastern State to the woodshed, beat the bricks off them, beat them up, they stole something. Any any phrase, symbolism you 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 want to insert and use there, uh, feel feel free. But what 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 we saw Thursday was unequivocally. The most dominant half of football I have seen out of any UCO team in my time covering, dating back to 2717. Uh, there's been a lot of blowout wins since that time. There's been a lot of beatdowns. There's been a lot of talent to to put on the uh, bronze and gold, the, the the blue, the blue and gold. It, it just, it just, uh, it, 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 I sit with when the when the when the clock hit triple zeros in the second quarter, uh, this is and this is probably the only time I'm going to say you should have him or John Fitzgerald and I in the same sentence. But we both shared the same sentiment, uh, and and that was complete shock at, at how lopsided that that the game was, and, and how dominant UCO looked in that game. From the second play on. Now, like you're saying, but smooth. Northeastern State is it, it, a bad team. They're one of the worst teams in the conference. Okay, I, I, I get that. I understand that. Yes, that, that is all facts. But what I don't care if UCO was playing against air. To do what they did in the first half of that football game, I mean, it, it just... It, it 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 was for the first play of the game. Okay, the first play of the game, Isaiah Davis, the running back for Northeastern State, broke a nine-yard run. Okay, now at that point, was I surprised by that? Somewhat. Uh, but however, like I had said, though, it, they, they were averaging about 120 yards a game rushing. Uh, I Northeastern State had some 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 flashes there. How however. Unfortunately for Isaiah Davis and the rest of the River Hawks, all that did was upset the UCO defense as on the next two plays was a Robert Fuentes TFL and a Noah West sack. And it was downhill after that point. I, I will say after th- I might have come to a conclusion about Maybe why I feel the way I feel. And this was after talking to the old man about this as well. Because I brought it to his attention. 
And he 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 said something that was simple but profound. And, and he isn't that what they're supposed to do? And I thought about it for a second because looking back from 2017, 2018, 2019, last year, and last week, when looking at the teams UCO was indeed supposed to beat the brakes off of, it, it, you, could, you, you could make the argument this was probably the most thoroughly complete way they did it. Like, like it, it, okay, for comparison, you go back to 2019 against the same Northeastern State team, they scored 82 points. Okay, I get that. It, it was 28-0 into the first quarter. It was 42-14 at the half. However, the second quarter, Northeastern State would tie it in, in terms of points scored in the quarter at 14-14, had two really good drives. It, it, it was not as crisp as it is here. I know we mentioned before the Missouri Southern game in 2018. That was 31-0, but again, a 10-0 game at the half. You look at Lincoln last year, yes, they scored 69 points. They also allowed three big touchdown passes. Uh, and then you even look last week against said Lincoln. And, and, you know, while it was, what, 45 to three, it, you know, Lincoln did score on their, what, opening drive, second, second drive of the game. Uh, so you, 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 can de- you can say the Northeastern State game, the Northeastern State game to me, I, I, I think, I think I was, it, it was the realization I think in real time, because we have talked about this in, in great detail. Uh, we have talked to a number of the guys, a number of the coaches. Uh, we, we could, we all come to the conclusion there is extremely good talent on this football team. Uh, we could also come to the conclusion through what six games now, right? Six, six, six games that we have not seen the, the full level of that talent on display at the same time. I think what we saw Thursday night inside Richardson Stadium was the culmination of the offense, the defense, and the special teams coming together at the same time playing at a high level at the same time. And, and I, I, I have to say, if that's, the resu- if that's the result that we saw when all three of those units are, are, are kicking on all cylinders, I, 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 feel really, I feel really scared for the rest of the conference. Because they, they, let's, let's, just, let's just look at this overall here now. They, they beat the number two team in the country Northwest Missouri State, who didn't lose again, who 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 lost again today. But uh, by the by the way, we'll go over that at the very end. But I got scores and standings. The number two team in the country. Yeah, uh, we we know UCO did not capitalize on all the five turnovers, but they have more turnovers. They still led that whole way, won that game. Okay, we, we 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 go back to the to the Emporia game, a defensive clinic there in terms of getting clutch stops. Uh, the offense was was it was there, but it was also solely dependent on Stephon Brown and the Sear Kemper in the in the in the in the screen game. Okay, now we saw we saw what happened obviously with two losses, and then we saw Lincoln last week okay and we saw what we saw in Lincoln is we saw we saw the offense put up their best performance of the season it, again is Lincoln we, we know how bad they are but it, it 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 just it all paled in comparison to Thursday and I I just I just think here if we keep if we if what what was shown in that first half Thursday is carried over into this Saturday against Fort Hayes. Okay. I think we have something here. 
I, I, I genuinely think we have something here because the offense has been building towards this now legitimately since like week two, okay? And they, they finally put it together, the run and the pass game. Uh, yes, there was some some offensive line could could play could play better if we're being honest. I felt like Steph had to run a tad bit too much, a scramble a tad bit too much against North Northeastern State. But I I if if we get that performance, you t- they had eight drives in the first half, they had eight scores in the first half, with seven of them being touchdowns. There should have been the eighth touchdown. But Terrell Davis just dropped the dropped the ball in the in the in the in the uh, end zone. Defensively, I, Northeastern State in that first half, when we read the numbers, uh, I, I'll, I'll, it'll it'll verify this. They had, I believe, like three first downs and like forty five yards on like twenty something plays. Uh it it just it it was. Uh, it it was it was different and it was something it, I guess you could sum it up long story short here as, as I I'm trying to describe this to you. Uh, if if you if you were there, I, I hope this is making sense. If you were there, if you, if you saw the game online, similar to me, I I just it what that to me is I don't want it. <sighs> Like watching what, what what I saw there, I, I is things you see out of Bama when they play like Southern Miss. Okay, it like it was, it was a champ. It that was championship level football right there, and I think it 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 shocked us because let's just be honest, we've not seen a lot of that. Or lately, at a UCL football team, like we we've seen good football. Okay, don't get me wrong. We we we've seen good football. We we we've seen in spurts, uh, really good to great football. But to to go out there and do what they did in a rivalry game at home against the overmatched opponent is exactly what championship teams do. They did not mess around. Went out there, they jumped on them early, they stayed on them, and, and, and the, the result was a 52 to nothing lead at the half. But it, it, it was to the point where I did, <laughs> it was to the point where after paying Scott Squaw on a 40 something yard touchdown when UCL was trying to run the was trying to run the clock out, and Northeastern State came, <laughs> came out there. And they took the knee that the defense, the backup defense line, because at this point the starters were done. The backup defensive line was genuinely mad that Northeastern State ran that clock out. Like I, I this is 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 different. I have to give that staff, I have to give Coach Adam Doro there a ton of credit because uh, uh, to, to to just to have because. UCL could have could have shown up in that football game. They could have done just enough to win that football game. They 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 didn't. What they did on that field was criminal. Okay, I just it was. It, I mean it. Uh, I still don't know what what. It, it, we will have the highlights. You will see the highlights today. We will have the highlights tomorrow. Player of the week will be today. It just. It just uh I I went back, I watched it obviously when when pulling the highlights. It 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 was so it, I would say seven out of the eight drives uh was just it was fantastic. Now one of the one of the scoring drives, Northeastern State helped us out with like two or three penalties. It but regardless though. They made a count by scoring a touchdown on that on that on that on that drive. Uh, if you if you look at Steph again, very very good day for Steph. I mean, uh, you know, he's just continuing to show improvements. 
Uh, it, it was a very good day again for Jacob Delso and that in that connection. I think they had two touchdowns. Uh, Terrell Davis, the rest the freshman out of Choctaw, had his best game of the season. Uh, it, it was a clinic from a receiving blocking standpoint. So I want to give a shout out there to Coach James James Curley, because Madison Ridgeway and Bizel they fought with laying saps out. Uh, if you look defensively. It, it, it just uh, defensive line it, again. Robert Fuentes playing with the one hand at this point in time because of the cast. He had a few TFLs in there. Michael Pope had a few TFLs in there. Uh, it, it just a tremendous game there. Out of, out of that unit, so shout out there to Coach Rashad Sanders. Linebacking unit Blake Barone is third straight game of quality grade A football. Forced a fumble there that was recovered for a touchdown by Jason Harris. I just props to Brandon Lechtenberg and that whole defensive unit there. Uh, it, it it just and then and then what really impressed me in the second half was the fact Northeastern State did not cross the fifty until a minute forty four in the third and did not get a touchdown until about 40-something seconds left to go in the ball game when UCO had in several second and third teamers. Uh, I just, it, it, and even at that time, it took a sustained drive from Northeastern State to find the end zone. Uh, it, just, it, was just, it was a level of football that we have not, just quite frankly, have not seen out of a UCO team. I, I think this... If if this is what the future of the program looks like, now I know again you say it's Northeastern State. I do not care. It the, the level of preparation, the execution, just the, the 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 mindset to keep pouring it on. If that's what we can see game in and game out consistently, again we know consistency has been a problem of the program. If we can see this consistently moving forward. I, this is going to be a very tough team to beat. Because you look at that roster, and, and yes, a lot of key guys are seniors. I get it. Steph is a senior. Dante McGee is a senior. Michael Slater is a senior. Robert Fuentes is a senior. Th- those are obviously are big parts of this team. But if you look at, at who are not seniors, though, you I mean, you got Nasir Kemper. You got Jalen Cottrell. You've got Mike Pope Jr. You've got Hunter Largent. You've got Zane Adams. You've got um, Montreal Cozart. You've got Noah West. You've got Jason Harris. You've got Kobe Stevens. Uh, I, I mean, you got Dylan. You've got Lane Grantham. You've got Dylan Buckheit. You've got Cooper McCoy. You've got Noah Dobson. There's a there's a lot of key guys on this team that's that will be returning next year, and I think looking at the schedule. Okay, Central Missouri is senior night. That is a very bad football team. Let's just call it what it is. Very bad, bad football team. Uh, the team the UCO is playing on Saturday, Fort Hayes this season, is a very bad football team, which is, it's, it just surprised me. Uh, now, I know they, they had, they've had a key injury this season, which we'll, we'll get into in, in the preview. But I, I think after, if they... If they if they if they Saturday handle business against Fort Hayes, which I, I I'm 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 imagining that they that they will. Okay, there is a stretch of three games. Uh, don't quote me on the order of games. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. That will tell a lot about this team because in the three game stretch, there's Washburn, there is Kearney. And there is Pitt State. Now, Pitt State is currently undefeated, beating off West Missouri today. Okay. And they, now, they get them at home. They get them at home for homecoming. Uh, this is this is a game I, I've been waiting to, to play for a long time. They cheated UCO last year with a bogus of, uh, a legal shift call on a, on a punt there uh, that caused UCO a chance to, to tie that football game. I just, I think it, it I, I think the that will be the real test. Okay, that 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 will be the real test uh, because I'm not gonna not gonna sit not, not, not gonna sit here and hold you. Ford Hayes seems to be down this year. Uh, it it, it surprised me because Ford Hayes is historically one of the better teams in the conference. 
Uh, it's, it's just it's just not it this year. They got ran on earlier tonight. Uh, as we will see in the in the in the breakdown. So I I really think it, there's a chance for UCL to get to five and two, improve off last year's record, uh, and then there will be a three game stretch. Uh, it said which will tell a lot about this football team. I I, I think UCL is hitting the stride at the right time right now. And, and and I I think to be honest with you here, when you look at the standings, if if we where where we where we were what we were thinking at week one, where we are now, there's a lot to play for from a UCO standpoint, and, and a lot of that credit again needs to go to the coaching staff and needs to go to the leaders in the in the in the locker room, uh, because the, the season quarter went south. Uh, but they have they have turned it around. They have played a tremendous, what, three-game three stretch of football right, right here. And uh, we just need to carry it on for, for the rest of the season. Before we get into the recap, though, I, I, get, I don't know who, I don't know who designed the uniforms. I, whoever it is, it, the man needs a person, needs a raise. Those uniforms were were fantastic. I need to know where to find one of those jerseys. Oh, they're so clean. I know that I know the, the basketball team has got new jerseys. Very clean too. Jersey, the all white jerseys was clean. The 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 the, the white helmet with the with the uh new Bronco logo and the numbers on the side. Oh, is it was fantastic. The all white pants with the Broncos on the side. Fantastic. You know, you look good, play good. Uh, I, I, I remember when we brought on Jonathan Mosley, he had mentioned there was some, um, some, some, some heat on the way in terms of, in, in terms of jerseys and helmets. And, and we were not, dis- we were not dis- dis- disappointed in that. I just, I'm just, te- I don't know. It, it, whoever's listening that is in a higher power, I'm just saying. You make some merch off that. I, I guarantee you, it will sell like hotcakes. Just, just give me a five percent cut for the idea, and uh, we will we'll be golden. So, looking into the recap here, uh, UCO would win the coin toss. They would, they would, they would uh, defer. There would be no Raycon Wicks in the football game. I'm guessing the man was injured, unfortunately. So Monte Davis started in his in his spot. Like I said usually would defer. Uh, Isaiah Davis would take the first carry for a nine yard game, and then would that be followed up by a Robert Fuentes TFL and a sack. Uh, Diego would, however, return the punt to the to Northeastern State 10, 10 yard line, in which shortly thereafter Steph would run it in, making it seven nothing at the twelve twenty six mark. Uh, on the next drive, aided by a holding call, UCO would force a three and out. UCO would start at their own 16. However, on a third and four, Steph would scramble. Dante McGee and Jacob Delso was laying saps out. Sprung, Don, uh, sprung Steph for a long touchdown run, making it 14-0 at the 7-30-33 mark. On the kickoff, Northeastern State almost uh, just just almost did not feel the kick. So the man called a fair catch, but he didn't feel the kick. So it was technically a, a live ball. Uh, Northeastern State would have recovered at their at their at their own ten. Uh, after two after two TFLs on the drive. Uh, Blake Barone would force a fumble that would go flying into the hands of Jason Harris, who run it back for a touchdown, uh, making it 21 nothing at that point. Now, again, I'm very happy here for Jason Harris to have the season that he's having. Jason Harris has missed uh, pretty much the majority of the past two seasons with injuries. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's getting some burn here. Look, looked really good so 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 far this season because he was a guy in 2019 showing it. Well, 2019, 2018 
showing a lot, a lot of promise. And, and so I'm glad that he's able to to be healthy so far and and and, and uh, contribute there. Uh, the final score of the quarter will come at the 26 second mark. With after another Northeastern State three and out, uh, Nikki Cavetta will hit a 41 yard field goal. That was after Terrell Davis dropped the touchdown pass. But then 24 nothing after the first quarter. The second quarter would open up with a Barzell catch on a third down. Uh, Andrew Carney would then run on a fourth down to get the first and follow that up with a beautiful catch uh, and, and, and double coverage, monster defender. Again, this is a fullback that was a quarterback in high school. I just I give a shout out to, to Andrew Carney. Uh, he would cap off the drive with a touchdown catch at the 11-04 mark, making it 31 and nothing. The following drive from Northeastern State would be thwarted because of two TFLs by Chase Faber and Grant Lohr. However, JV on Dangerfield would muff the punt. I don't know why he came up and footed the punt because he called the fair catch, but they ran up in like a like a, 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 a monsoon of Northeastern State defenders and dropped it. I, again, I know Dangerfield is, is, is young and learning, uh, so... We gotta just take that um, and for for uh, what it is. However, the U, the UCO defense, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, U, the UCO defense would uh, answer the bell with a TFL and a note for like, like Connor Johnson and a Noah West sack on third down that would lead to a punt after Northeastern State lost nine yards on said drive. Uh, Terrell Davis would have a big third down catch and run thanks to a block by Juco transfer Madison Ridgeway that would set up a three-yard touchdown pass to Jacob Delso, making it 38 to nothing. That was the drive, however, where Northeastern State had an illegal substitution on that third down, which gave UCO another, another shot, a face mask, and an unnecessary roughness on that punt return. So uh, a lot, a lot of self sabotage there from River Hawks when they could ill afford that. Then on the next drive, Noah West would get his first career interception, to my knowledge, on third down, returning to the Northeastern State 19-yard line, where roughly 20, 30 seconds later, Jacob Delso would find the end zone again, making a 45 to nothing uh, at the 3:43 mark. At that point, most of the starters were done at the 207 mark after another UCL stop. Peyton Thompson and Jace Gardner would check into the game. Jace would be the main ball carrier the rest of the way. Uh, UCL was trying to show some mercy at that point by running the ball. However, Peyton Scott said, forget that nonsense, and with 42 seconds left, would bust a 40-something yard touchdown run making it 52 to nothing at the half. And again, as I alluded to in the opening here, the numbers from the first half, UCO has 16 first downs, 180 yards at 10.6 yards of carry, two yards shy of 350 yards of offense on 36 plays, five or seven on third downs, one to one on fourth, while holding the Riverhawks to three first downs, 45 yards on 35 plays, 2 or 10 on third downs, and 0 or 1 on fourth downs. Again, at that point, uh, all you could do was just sit back in, in awe about the uh, sheer dominance that was witnessed there in the first half. Not much would occur after the opening drive of the second half for UCO. Offensively, as they ran the ball, I would say about a good 85% of the time. Uh, so Jace would open it up in the third. He had a nice run that would help set up a 42-yard Covetto field goal at the 640 mark. So again, you still was able to run off almost nine minutes because they literally just, just ran the ball and ran the play clock down, showing, showing mercy. Uh, which I was, I was, I was not. I obviously expected that, but I know there's some coaches out there. It's rivalry game. They'd be trying to 
score as much as much as possible. But you know, I again, it's just that's why you got to put that out there because there is some coaches that that would do that. So I was glad to see we were just trying to in in the in the ball game as as peacefully as possible. That'd be the last score for UCO. However, there are a few other notes. Trayvon Craig would get a nice TFO in the third. On that same defensive drive, Aaron Hamilton, the true freshman out of Wawoka. If you recall, he had three tackles in the TFO against Lincoln last week. Notched his first interception. It was a beautiful interception. Read the play beautifully. Uh, jumped, the, uh, jumped, the, jumped the pass there. Made the interception. So shout out there to Aaron, Aaron Hamilton. The guy just uh, Woka has been uh, really, really kind to UCO the past two years. Uh, the first punt for UCO would occur at the 340-45 mark in the third. And of course, because David Vargas is David Vargas, he would pin them back at their own 12. Then at the 144 mark would be the first time on Eastern State would cross the 50. However, Mike Pope on that same drive would get a TFL, which would force a third, a fourth down at the start of the fourth, in which Raymond McGuire would get a PBU in the end zone to force the turnover on downs. Uh, after a Peyton Thompson fumble, which I feel like that I feel like the man was down, but I, I think they just showed mercy. Mike Pope would force a fumble that was recovered by Stephon Tolan, the freshman out of Bristol. Uh, outside of that, there was a few other Jace runs that 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 looked good there. Uh, then Jalik Lewis, uh, the freshman, the freshman corner out of Denison, Texas, who we had on. Some time ago, we get what uh, you now. You should have had a pick six. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna hold you here. I'm pretty sure if you were to ask the league, he would. He would. He would tell you the same thing. So they had a pick six. Uh, he just was not able to make the catch, but still, it was good to see him out there. And the final note at the 123 mark is where Northeastern State would score their first touchdown. However, they would fumble the uh, hold on the extra point. And the final would be 55 to 6. Looking at the numbers here for UCO in this ball game, 23 first downs, 286 yards rushing at 6.8 yards carry with three touchdowns, 190 yards passing with three touchdowns, 476 yards offense on 65 plays. They played the ball one time. Uh, looking at kickoff now, I will say, uh, I when we when we talked to Alice Covado and and I had to ask him about that eighty two point game, about how tired the man's leg was. I, I can I can only imagine now his brother somewhat understands that because the man had to kick had to kick the ball what? I mean he had he had a, so he had lift kick ball eight times in the first. Well, yeah, he had to kick. He had to kick. He had to kick. Yeah, he had to kick at least eight times in the first half, based on extra points and field goals. Then you add in he had to do the kickoff. That's sixteen kicks right there. Then he had to kick another another field goal and another kickoff. So this man had to, had to kick the ball eighteen times in that football game. I can I can only imagine how sore his leg was the next day. Uh, UCO would be 6 or 13 on third downs, 2 or 3 on fourth. Now, again, a lot of this is skewed because of the second half. Uh, there were 3 or 3 in the red zone, though, which is fantastic. They also notched two sacks on the on the day. Northeastern, <coughs> for Northeastern State, 12 first downs, 63 yards rushing on 1.29 yards a carry. They lost 40 yards on the ground. Passing the ball, 137, one touchdown, two picks. 200 yards of offense on, 60, on 62 plays. Punt the ball seven times. They were 4-14 on third downs, 0-1 on fourth. 1-1 in the red zone. Uh, looking at the individual numbers here. 
Stephon Brown, 13 of 18, 166, three touchdowns and long of 39. Peyton Thompson, 4 for 5, 24, long of 12. Rushing the ball, Jace Gardner led the way, 21 carries, 83 yards, 4, four yards a carry, long of 34. Jace Wood had 93 minus 10 yards of losses. I, I, I really, I honestly thought Jace did a very good job given the circumstance, uh, playing behind the backup line and knowing, then with no extra state knowing that they were going to run the ball the majority of the time there. So this again, Second straight straight week, Jason got a lot of, lot of playing time. I, again, I'm glad for the man. I hope this uh, continues. Staff, 3K, 75 yards, two touchdowns, uh, long of 65, 25 yards of carry. Payton uh, Scott, 5 carries, 54 yards, one touchdown, long of 49, 10.8 yards of carry. Peyton Thompson, three carries for 30 yards, along with 16, 10 yards of carry. Nasir Kemper, three carries, 29 yards, along with 24, 9.7 yards of carry. Looking at the receiving numbers, we have, oh, damn it, oh, let me, let me finish the, the rushing numbers here, excuse me. Jalen Cottrell, three for 12, along with five, four yards of carry. Andrew Corney, two for two for four, long of five, two yards of carry, and Josh Caps to walk on. Got his first career carry, so shout out to him. Uh, one carry for one yard. Uh, so, uh, and receiving-wise, Andrew Corney led the way in yards, two catches, 64 yards, one touchdown, long of 39. That just tells you how dominant this, this, this game was when a fullback leads you in receiving. Terrell Davis, three catches, 59 yards, along a 39. Jacob Delso, three catches, 20 yards, two touchdowns, along a 20. Dominic Dunn, two catches, 18 yards, along a two. Oscar Hammond, back after missing the Lincoln game with the injury, I was told. Two catches, 11 yards, along a six. Brandon was out of fourth, and who him and Dante McGee got the clean sweep of the rivals and rivalry. So shout out to, to, to uh, those two, both their friends of the podcast. Uh, one catch for 70 yards, long of seven. Brandon Cottrell, two for five, long of eight. Xavier Dangerfield, one for four, long of four. And Jace Gardner, one for two. Long of two, and then looking defensively here, leading the way, uh, Chase Faber, seven tackles, Robert Fuentes, four tackles, one and a half TFLs, a half sack again. Man, doing this with, with one hand, uh, it just, just, uh, you know, I know I say this a lot, but it just must be reiterated. Robert Fuentes, a different cat. Jamori Ray, four tackles, one uh, fumble. Okay, there we go. Traylon Corey, three tackles, a half TFL. Dylan Buckeye, three tackles, a TFL. Jason Harris, three tackles, a half TFL. One from one fumble return for a touchdown. Grant Lord, three tackles, one and a half TFLs. Aaron Hamilton, three tackles, one interception. Blake Barone, three tackles, one TFL, one forced fumble. Mike Pope, two tackles, a half TFL. Julius Coates, two tackles. Raymond Raymond McGuire, two tackles, a pass deflection. Marlo Hughes, two tackles. Jalik Lewis, two tackles. Noah West, two tackles, one and a half TFL, one and a half sacks, one interception. Just a heck of a game there out of Noah West. Zion Bell, two tackles. Zayda Adams, who's back, thankfully. Two tackles. Calvin Hutchings, two tackles. Jonathan Mosley, one tackle. Kobe Stevens, one tackle. Michael Slater, one tackle, one TFL. Marco Domio, one tackle. Connor Johnson, one tackle, one TFL. Montreal Kozar, one tackle. Hunter Larger, one tackle. Javancia Brunson, one tackle. Steven Tolan, one tackle, one recovery. And Evan Reigns, 
And probably, I think that's his first career tackle. Uh, so shout out there to Evan Reigns. First career tackle as to Stefan Toller for our first career fumble return. So uh, if we're looking now, turning our attention to this week's opponent, one in five Fort Hayes Tigers. Now, I, I will say, when I saw Fort Hayes was sitting as sitting at one in five, uh, I was I, I was surprised because again, as I mentioned, Fort Hayes, that is a proud program. Uh, when we talked to Lane Grantham, he mentioned how how tough it was last year up there in Hayes, Kansas. That environment, as I mentioned several times, that was their clearly their best win last season. Uh, that that was a win in which they they was able to offense that struggle was able to get going early. That defensive line, I think that was the first game since the season opener where I really noticed the impact that Robert, that Robert Fuentes has. Uh, it was just an all-around fantastic game. That was a 24-14 win. You know, I, I, I just looking, looking at, at, at Fort Hayes, now I did learn Chance Fuller, their senior quarterback, who, who they – I guess is one of the better quarterbacks in school history has been hurt uh, for the for the majority of the season. So their backup, as you recall last year, they have Voshan Waiters. He has graduated. I think he's, I think he's a, a, a GA there now. So their backup is a redshirt freshman. Uh, so that might explain some of their of their of their woes here. Uh, but they're coming off a 45-14 loss at home on homecoming to Wasburg. Uh, if we're looking at the numbers from that game, Fort Hayes, 14 first downs, 71 yards rushing at 2.7 yards to carry, 238 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. 209 yards of offense on 54 plays. 3 of 13 on third down, 1 of 1 on fourth, 1 of 1 in the red zone, and allowed three sacks. For Washburn, 24 first downs, a buck 68 rushing, 3.7 yards of carry. Now, okay, now, now this right here. Now, I don't know if I have, because I have not looked that much at Washburn this season. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you here. But I'll tell you this. If 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 what the if the if these numbers are accurate about what Washburn is doing through the air, okay, I'm kind of concerned because Washburn historically during my time, I say historically, when I say historically, I mean in my five years of covering. They have mainly been a running team. Uh, they threw for 345 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, 513 yards of offense on 80 plays, 10 to 18 on third, over two on fourth, four four in the red zone. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. I will have to look to see what Washburn does this coming week. I'm not sure who they play. I think it is, is it Missouri Southern? Because I know Pitt State plays Lincoln, which you just know is going to be going to be very, very, very bad. I think the worst score I've seen uh, in covering was when Northeastern State lost a senior night 2019 to Fort Hayes, 91 to 7. Uh, there is a good chance, there is a very good chance Pitt State could possibly match that uh, because Lincoln is just a bad team. I did see they play Missouri Southern. Uh, they, they, I mean, they, they still got red on in, the, in that football game, but it, it appeared to be competitive for a period of time. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just know that's going to be a very, a very bad score. Uh, but looking at the numbers for Fort Hayes this season, uh, they are getting outscored 29 to 26. Uh, on the season, they're averaging 118.6 yards a game, rushing at 3.8 yards a carry. So for context, 
Northeastern State was averaging a buck twenty a game rushing, so that's that is just bad, man. Fort Hayes, that is oh, that is that is sad. That is that is truly sad. Uh, passing the ball, two hundred and seventy three point six yards a game, nine touchdowns to four picks, two hundred ninety two yards a game offensively. Uh, looking here, they have 15 fumbles on the season. Lost nine of them, so we're looking at 13 turnovers. Okay, well, that, that could be a, a problem, too. Um, where are they at here? Let me, excuse me here. They are 44% on third downs, 45% on fourth downs. Have been sacked 12 times. Uh, there's 90% in the red zone with 65% of them being touchdowns. Okay, then looking uh, defensively here, we mentioned they was allowing 29 points a game, allowing 187 yards a game, rushing at 4.6 yards a carry. Okay, this is very good. This is very, very good for UCL right now because the way the run game is playing, uh, especially if we can get Cottrell and Kemper and Jace and Peyton going. Okay, this is this is very promising. Passing the ball, how, uh, however, now granted it could be because teams are just running it down their throats. Only allowing a buck sixty-six a game with eight touchdowns to four picks, uh, three hundred and fifty-three yards a game. So they outgained their opponents by about forty yards. Here, it's just. Uh, it's really weird because honestly, if you're looking at the numbers, because they're what what are we at here? They are they're allowing 47% on third, 40% on fourth. They have seven sacks. However, they are allowing 100% in the red zone, 81% being touchdowns. I, but it's it's weird when you look at the numbers because this is not a bad football team. They, they, their numbers are really similar to what UCO had last year. Uh, they're looking at the quarter by quarter. They're being outscored in the first 44-27. Uh, they are outscoring opponents in the second 43-37, being outscored in the third 34-27, and outscoring opponents in the fourth 36-30. Yeah, this is the the, the, the the numbers numbers are really similar to what you still had last year. Uh it it it's just so this is a this is a team that's compared this is a this is a weird team for Fort Hayes. So this is a Fort Hayes team that it um, for all intents and purposes is in the majority of ball games. I have to check their I need to check their uh the actual schedule because these numbers here is not necessarily equating to um to a one in five record. So let me excuse me here. Let let me pull this up. Pull up the Fort Hayes schedule because I'm genuinely curious as to why this is the case. So looking at their schedule this season, they lost the opener. Northwest Missouri on the road by 14, which is commendable, okay? Lost to Missouri Western at home by 16. They didn't beat Lincoln by 37, you know, which, again, who haven't? Lost to Missouri Southern by one point at home. Oh, that's, that's, that's tough. Lost on the road to Kearney the A by 18. Again, Kearney's a very good nationally ranked football program. And then obviously lost to Washburn tonight, 45-14. I it it I this is this is weird because you know I I mean it now granted granted though they, they have played three of the best teams in the conference. Uh the the, the loss to Missouri Southern similar to similar to UCO kind of is kind of a bad loss. Uh, but again, it's just it's it, yeah. I it, this is it's weird. This is very weird to see Fort Hayes in this predicament. And the only thing that I'm aware of, major change is uh, there is no Chance Fuller. And I, again, Chance Fuller to me was no different than Mike Honesy. 
uh, who I, I just did not see the hype. Uh, Jahans Fuller, to me, is a game manager, uh, but uh, I, I guess they're missing him. So looking at the individual numbers here, a lot of the same players from last year, the leading rusher, Adrian Soto, uh, 294 yards on the season, two touchdowns long of 40, 58.8 yards a game, 513 yards a carry. So again, maybe um, Adrian Soto, if I remember, is a 200-pound back, uh, just your average MIAA running back. I, I mean, I don't, I don't recall him in being this otherworldly talent. Uh, I mentioned before, passing the ball, they have a redshirt freshman. Looks like he's played in all but the first two games. So I guess Chance Fuller got hurt at some point there in the in the Missouri Western game. Okay, so uh, and they play Lincoln Day the next week. Excuse <coughs> me. And as I check the bar score. So I want to see now how much this man's touchdowns came. So two of his five touchdowns came against Lincoln. Okay, so if you take away Lincoln from 5'11", 190 sophomore Jack Dawson, he has thrown three touchdowns, two picks, and about 500 yards. Since that, since that time, so not great numbers. 60% completion percentage, uh, buck 93 and a half a game. Uh, Receiving-wise, again, it's the same player as last year as their main one, the senior Manny Ramsey out of Texas. 28 catches, 409 yards, one touchdown, long of 43, 14.6 yards a catch. 81.8 yards again. They also have Hunter Budkey, who was there last or just not in a prominent role. 14 catches, 228, two touchdowns, long of 48, 57 yards a catch, 16.3. I mean, 57 yards again, excuse me, 16.3 yards a catch. Uh, and then when we're looking defensively here for the Tigers, They're led by linebacker Mikael Williams, Sejuko, 35 tackles, one and a half TFLs, one breakup, one deflection, one hurry, two hurries, one forced fumble. Uh, then looking at other players of note here, the, they, I, will say, I will say that the defense, again, that's a big physical unit there. They have a few guys that stand out in the TFL category. Uh, they have Gavin Hasselhort, the uh, Kansas State transfer, 24 tackles, five and a half TFLs, half sack, two hurries, I mean, two breakups, two deflects, and one hurry. They are, their leading, their leading uh, sack leader is Juco transfer Jeremiah Jackson Trotter, 6'5", 220. Has not started a single game, so uh, this is a this is a rotational guy. Seventeen tackles, seven and a half TFLs, five and a half sacks, and and an interception. Okay, so definitely keep an eye on number zero, Jeremiah Trotter Jackson. Now this is this 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 dude. This dude might might be a guy. Uh, I'm on the dude here, seven and a half TFLs, five and a half sacks. A pick, a forced fumble, two deflections, and a breakup as a defensive end. Okay, this might be a different catch. So we need we need to definitely keep an eye there. I will say Fort Hayes, Fort Hayes defense, uh, it, it I would the, uh, appears to be stout. Okay, I give them this. I see why they only allowing a hundred something yards game passing. That pass rush does look to be extremely good. So I think if UCO is able to run the ball, uh, we can open up the pass game. I think would be the preferred method. Now I know we passed the ball well past few weeks. Might be tempting to continue that trend. 
Uh, but I just, I just feel as if we had the run game going, it will open up the pass game uh, even, even greater. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm again. Fort Hayes is always a big physical team. Uh, I was looking at their roster, and I was waiting for the stats to post because their game had a 7 p.m. kickoff. So uh, while I was waiting on the stats to come final for this here. I'm looking at the roster. Uh, it, that, that's, that's, that's still a big physical football team. So uh, the, the, the one the one in five record, uh, it's I'm not gonna say it's misleading, but to me they're not your num your, your normal uh, one in five team. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So if Ford Hayes does come in there. And it is a ball game, and you're sitting there thinking, "Well, this is a one in five team." I just this, this is not your average one in five team. It seems to be a one in five team. Had a one point loss to Missouri Southern. They lost their starting quarterback, uh, and they they have they have played three of the better teams in the conference so far. Uh, I think this is still a good a a I want to say good, at least a solid ball club. Okay, that if UCO does not come out there and and play like we know they can play, they they might be in for a a fight. So they come out there, do what we did against North Northeastern State, have that level of execution and sharpness. Uh, then I I think we can jump on them early. Uh, force a young quarterback that has not had much success against teams not named Lincoln. To try to pass the ball and win the game for them, uh, I I I would much prefer that. Okay, because again, I think defensively we can shut down Adrian Soto. The man is just not impressive. I mean, he's a solid running back, but it's not anybody. I'm I don't think that we can't we can't handle, especially the way that the defensive front and the linebackers are playing. Uh, I know Manny Ramsey is a is a good a good receiver probably in the upper tier in the conference. So we do need Kobe Stevens. Uh, we need probably a really good game out of out of out of him. Uh, the other receivers do not scare me now. That I will say their receiving core has dropped off some back in. 2018, 2019, they they had some they they had some dudes. Okay, they they had some they had some dudes uh with size, they had some dudes with dudes with speed. That receiving core, I will say, has the diminished summon talent there. Uh and then like I said defensively for Fort Hayes, we, we gotta watch Jeremiah, what is it, Jackson Trotter, uh, because that that guy could be trouble, and I will say the offensive line. It, it, it. it I want to say they regressed some against Northeastern State, but I feel like Steph was under duress too often against Northeastern State. So we better be coming in that in that game with the offensive line, uh, with the same level of effort we had against Emporia, same level of effort we had against. Northwest Missouri, uh, because again, Fort Hayes that is a big physical football team. Uh, I, 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 I just I'm worried about that now. I, I really am, but I just hope the positive trend on the offensive line play can cannot continue there. I think if the offensive line is able to come to play, we can get the run game going, especially without having to run steps a lot. And then we once we get the run game going, I think for sure we should be able to get the pass game, especially with the connection now Steph seems to have with Jacob Jacob Delso, uh, who who is who is an emerging intermediate to a deep threat there. Uh, especially we can get Dante McGee going. We also can't forget about Madison Ridgeley. We also can't forget about uh, Bizelli Fourth, Daniel Richards, and Terrell Davis. Uh, along with Oscar Hammond and Dominic Dunn. So I think if we get the ground game going, the pass game should open up nicely. I would suspect you still should be able to pull this game out the way that they have been playing. But again, need to win the A game because uh, uh, this is this this will be no 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 pushover game. 
Before we get out of here looking at the conference scoreboard, okay, we're going to start doing the scoreboard and the standings. Looking at the scores from this, from Saturday, which is today, you're hearing this on uh, tomorrow, which is Sunday. Emporia beat the brakes off Hitchcock, Missouri, 44-27. Believe me, it was far worse than that. Before Emporia put the backups in there, uh, Pitt State, as I mentioned uh, earlier on, beat number beat Northwest Missouri at home by two twenty four twenty two. They are the only undefeated team in the conference here. Uh, again, I need that. I cannot wait to go to that game this year when they at Richardson, Richardson Stadium. Uh, that's definitely going to be a very big test for UCO. Uh, Missouri Southern beat Lincoln 37-14. It, it was somewhat close. And by somewhat, I mean, it was like 20, 20 to 27-7. Like I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kearney beating Missouri Western 39-18 on the road. Fun fact for you, Missouri Western has lost five in a row. So, um, I, 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 I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad loss because, again, I just, I, but it, it's, it's, uh, I, if you had told me Missouri Western after starting 2 0 would have lost the last five games, would not have believed you. And then finally, as mentioned before, Washburn being the Brecks off Fort Hayes for homecoming. Looking at the standings here, uh, Pitch State, top of the conference, 6 and 0. Um, it's followed by Kearney at 6-1. Now, again, just looking at how far this ball club has, has come, they are tied. UCO is tied for third right now in the conference with Emporia State, who we have beaten, and Northwest Missouri, who we have beaten. Also, Missouri Southern. Okay, now it, it, this this is this is, uh, and I, I hope this is not one of those years. Like uh, it was twenty eighteen. It was twenty eighteen. We lost to oh, who was it? Who was it? We lost early. It was Kearney. We lost to Kearney, and it ended up costing us a playoff bid. I, I do believe that. I remember former head coach mentioning that if they had been Kearney and that was week two, he probably would have been in the playoffs. Okay, so I'm hoping the Missouri Southern game that does not come back to bite us. I will say Missouri Southern being four and two though, the, you you got you had to give Coach Bradley there some credit because that was a very bad program. And uh, to do what he's done in two years' time right there, I, I just I had to give the man credit. Uh, Wasburg coming in there, followed by Missouri Western, Fort Hayes, Central Missouri, Northeastern State, all at 1-5, and five, and then Lincoln bringing up the rear at 0-6. So uh, I look forward to being back in the Richardson Stadium press box uh, Saturday. 2 p.m. kickoff. I will be there. My videographer should also be there. So uh, we will see what other content we can come up with between now and then. Uh, I will be at the UCO soccer game today. Yes, you should be hearing this. Uh, this is going live at 11 a.m. So soccer plays a final home game of the season against Northwest Missouri, I believe. At uh, 1 p.m. at Tom Thompson Field, I will indeed be there. As I mentioned last week, I was requested to be there, so uh, I was used to playing on Thursday. I, I said, fine, I will, I will go. So I will be there. Uh, my first ever collegiate soccer, soccer game. So we will try if they win. Hopefully they win. I will try to get post-game from head coach Mike Cook and some of the uh, players. Um, so, uh, like I said before, I, I just, I just, oh, also, also, I want to give everybody who supported the content there Thursday night, uh, as I mentioned in a, in a, in a tweet, uh, I went to bed and I woke up with 20 plus notifications and a new subscriber on a YouTube channel. 
Uh, I just, I, again, I just, uh, I can't thank you all enough for the uh, support. We've also, since that time, gained another subscriber. Uh, so it, it has, it has, it has, it has been, it has been great so far to support. I, I really do appreciate it. I, I, I'm glad that you all are enjoying the content here. As I mentioned earlier, this is only the beginning. I, I have been thinking of ways to we can continue to build off this. We will, I thought we'll touch on more in depth come the off season. I, I got some ideas here. I want to run by you all. But uh, I look forward to being, I look forward to being back there in Richardson Stadium on Saturday. As they take on Fort Hayes, uh, we will have post-game again. We will try to get a more post-game interview from players. I will, I will just jet down there uh, once the fourth quarter in and I get the final stats there. I will jet down to the field, try to talk, try to, talk to somebody, some of the guys. Uh, so we will be bringing all that for you. Same place, same time next week. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.